0: uh,
1: uh, 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 Hello
0: friends and welcome to Sold for Soup. My name is Rich Whitman and my co-host is Jennifer Whitman. This is episode four, the food episode. Thought we'd do a little throwback to 1984. I'll do my best Weird owl impression. Don't wanna argue, I don't wanna debate. Don't wanna hear about the kinds of food you hate. You won't get no dessert till you clean off your plate. So eat it. Don't tell me you're full, just eat it. Eat it. Open up your mouth and feed it. Have some more yogurt, have some more Spam. It doesn't matter if it's fresh or canned. Just eat it. Just eat it. Just eat it. Just eat it. Woo! <laughs> okay, just for the record, no one's going to be eating any spam here in this household anytime soon. That
1: was amazing, by the way. Good job.
0: Yeah, thanks. Not a giant Weird Al fan, but I do like some of his music. Actually, they're, you know they're making a documentary about him in his life. So, that might be kind of cool to check out.
1: Sign me up. I would like to go see that.
0: So, the big question this week is, are we what we eat? In 1826, the French lawyer, Brilla Savarin, wrote, tell me what you eat and I will tell you what you are. What you may know is that what you eat has an influence on your health, but did you know that the Bible is very specific on this topic? In fact, the Bible has basically laid out an entire grocery list for us of things that are not only bearing on our state of mind, but also on our health. And eating a poor quality diet, high in cheap food, is linked to higher risk of obesity, depression, digestive issues, heart disease and stroke, type 2 diabetes, cancer, and even early death. I sound like one of those ads on the TV. You
1: sound like the side effects of yeah, a Yeah, the farm. side
0: effects are heart disease,
1: <laughs> but that's, those type 2 are diabetes,
0: side... cancer, and early death. On
1: TV, they only tell you the side effects of meds, but they I wish they would tell you that that could be a side effect of the food you eat when they advertise those, but they don't have to for some reason. But just, just as a disclaimer, I want to start out this episode by saying that this kind of topic can be a little emotional for people. Some people have an emotional relationship with food. I know I do. I love food. I love to eat good food. I love to drink good drinks. And I know that especially for women, you know, we, we want to be thin. And so sometimes it's hard when you, you know, if you're stressed and you're overeating and you have this love hate relationship with food, we don't always hundred percent of the time make the best choices. And we talked about that already, right? About grace and having grace for ourselves. And I want to say that I've been a lot of different sizes in my life. I've had three kids. I've had an array of sizes of clothes. And I've had lots of stress in my life, which can lead to weight gain. But I've done a lot of research and hard work. And for the most part, I've figured it out for myself so far. And it isn't easy. And I know that. So, but I just want to throw that out there. You might see me out, out to eat some, and I'll be, I might be eating. I might be indulging occasionally, but I try to follow the, what we call the 80-20 rule. So 80% of the time we're eating healthy eating the right things. And then 20% of the time, you know, you might live it up a little bit, but I refuse to live my life and like not enjoy think you know, certain things. So we're going to indulge occasionally. There you go. That's just my little disclaimer.
0: So just for the record, no matter what size you were, I always found you very attractive.
1: Okay. Thanks.
0: You're welcome. So the diet we today is a result of corporations and governments placing profit over our health. You and I have talked about this a lot. We feel like that the government doesn't necessarily the food that they give us isn't always of well, great mean, quality.
1: The government doesn't give us
0: food. Well, they don't hand out food to us. No, we're not quite at that stage of life, but
1: I but I see what you're saying. So it's like the food that's advertised or sometimes the there's a like a food pyramid maybe that we were shown when we were kids that's been kind of pretty much debunked as being like the healthiest diet. It's not. I remember watching a documentary. I don't know if you remember it. It's called um King Corn, King Corn. I don't I almost said it's corn. <laughs> no. King Corn is a documentary I and it was like
0: a, I feel like that that should old. be like a corn like a corn song, like King Corn.
1: Well, um ah, I mean King they, they turned the it's corn kid into a song, which was really funny. Anyway, so this is like an old I mean, old and like it was like two thousand seven, I wanna say. It was around the same time as Super Size Me. Oh yeah, Super uh, Size Me helped me realize that potentially the, well, I was already kind of knew this before that, but potentially the powers that be, we kind of already talked about this, aren't necessarily always promoting the most healthy diet, although they may have good intentions. I think as we learn more, we realize that a dietary staple of corn, which by the way, is not a vegetable. We we have this argument sometimes with the family. Corn is a grain and Corn, being that it's like cheap, it's subsidized by the government for it being raised, and then it's fed to cattle. So, you're a lot of what you eat is has a basis in corn or soy, and so
0: yeah. So that Super Size Me documentary years ago, that dude like ate McDonald's every day for like I don't I think he was trying to do it for a year or something.
1: No, I really I think it was only like a month. Like he start he got all his labs at the beginning, and then he ate. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner—McDonald's—and then if I'm wrong, I haven't—I haven't watched it in many, many years, so I don't remember. But he ate it, and then at the end, whenever they retested his labs, and they said he like had fatty liver disease already in a short amount of time. It wasn't a whole year, I—I I promise. I Yeah. Do you
0: remember like the fries on the floor in the documentary, and they looked exactly the same? Like,
1: no. Someone later. put him in a like container and saved them for several years in fact they had a burger and fries and none of the bacteria wanted them apparently because they stayed the same (laughs) they didn't rot or anything yeah like food should rot because like bacteria should at least want it at some point i know the
0: organic apples that we get they seem they like rot they rot pretty fast oh
1: yeah you and jeremiah were just talking about this right what did he say because he said they don't put
0: They don't put wax on the outside outside. of it or whatever. But the primary focus of the food industry is to generate the maximum profit by producing food that appeal to our dramatic taste. Price is a, a huge thing. And then convenience above any other consideration. So, like, how convenient is it? How easy is it to, like, roll into a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Taco Bell late at night? For one second, can we talk about Doritos? So when Doritos came out with Coal Ranch, I once ate an entire bag of Doritos for lunch. It wasn't good. That's disgusting. Yeah, I felt very sick afterwards. But that stuff that was on there just tasted so good. And Taco Bell, everyone's late night drunk ass stop, has that taco shell, which literally is a Dorito in the form of a taco. It's good, but I guarantee you it's not good
1: for you. So yeah, just to kind of back up to what you were saying about companies wanting to increase their profits and their profits, which your business, we're both business owners. So you can appreciate wanting to increase your profit margin. And I know that you probably, I know you guys use like at the coffee shop, you use essential oils for flavoring, right? Yep, and, and honey, honey. Yep. instead of the pump. And I know that costs more money. And I'm sure there's times where you like, sit down and crunch the numbers and think maybe we should switch to the pump stuff. It's cheaper. It would increase our profits. I hope you never do that, by the way. But you can appreciate, right? Like you're running a business and you need to make money. Otherwise, you can't stay in business. Otherwise, your costs have to go up and then do you price yourself? It's a whole thing. In this country, yes, we do allow certain chemicals and things that make food cheaper, things that aren't allowed like in other countries. There's there's someone called the online, she's called the Food Babe, and she talks a lot about chemicals that are allowed in our food in this country that aren't allowed in other countries. Like some of the things in just found in like soda pop. So soda pop, some I've never been to France, but someone told me that pop in France is much more expensive.
0: It's also warm. They serve it warm. <laughs> they
1: don't allow certain chemicals. It makes it makes the um the beverage cost more. And then they don't sell as much, which is probably better for everyone involved. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's just something to be aware of, right? That there's that you need to be careful about what you're eating. It may not always be safe, even though they try to tell us. It's
0: so the whole Dorito thing. You told me a while ago that when I ate a Dorito, basically I was stroking out my brain because what's in a Dorito isn't really like okay. my brain is. It's tricking
1: me. That might be look a little dramatic. Like oh, you're just trying to get tiny. me not to eat Doritos? <laughs> like tiny. Oh, so okay. you are, but no, I mean, you are MSG. You taste it with your brain, not your taste buds. So some people have referred to it as like mini strokes. Like, I don't know entirely true or not, but it does make your brain, trick your brain into thinking that it tastes good. Like without that chemical on it, Doritos would probably taste like dog food. Like probably not taste very good. Maybe so, dog foods would taste better. So
0: we spray chemicals on crops, I know that for sure. To to make sure that bugs don't eat the crops, how does that affect like the other foods we eat, like meat, for instance? Like if a cow eats that crap, then now I'm eating something that the cow has basically eaten a plant that has spray all over it. Right. Am I wrong or am I right? About no,
1: you're that? correct. And those chemicals are found in a higher concentration in the animal's fat. So eating a high fat part of the animal, um, or even butter that comes from the animal might ha- be likely to contain that chemical. So what is,
0: what is that chemical?
1: Um, well, so let's talk about so we, we can get into debates with people about genetically modified and how Certain things are hybridized, and there's that genetic modification. I don't really want to argue about that. You know, we can hybrid things to make them more hardy. The main issue that I have with genetic modification, they, from my understanding, is they splice a virus into things like corn and soy in order to so that they don't die from a stronger chemical. And the chemical that I'm aware of is glyphosate or glyphosate which is a Roundup chemical, so when they modify the corn and soy, so that it doesn't die, and then just the weeds and the bugs die from the spray. And they claim that it doesn't affect humans because humans don't have this pathway that these weeds and bugs have called the shikimate pathway. But humans don't have it. Our gut flora does. So the, the issue could be that glyphosate could be acting almost like a broad spectrum antibiotic on your gut and causing, causing a disruption in your Good healthy gut flora, which helps you digest food and maintain a healthy weight. One of the things I also explain to patients a lot is that they give cattle antibiotics pretty regularly, right, to keep like infections down. And one of the things they noticed when they did that was that the cows got fatter quicker because of the way it disrupts the gut flora. And that was actually better for their profits because they get paid most likely by the pound, correct? I'm assuming. If the cow is getting fatter quicker, they're like, okay, well, these antibiotics might cost a little bit, but overall our profit margin is better so we're going to give the cattle more antibiotics make them fat so just keeping that in mind when you're if you're using antibiotics a lot or if you're eating a lot of chemicals drinking a lot of chemicals soda is high fructose corn syrup so again corn if it's got this chemical in it you know you could be affecting you most likely are affecting your gut flora in a negative way that could potentially cause you to gain weight more easily.
0: So God's original design for creation, it didn't involve us eating meat. Because of the absence of death in the original creation design, eating meat would have not even been possible. Instead, in Genesis one twenty nine, God says, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. So God's original design was not that we would even eat
1: yeah, meat. Yeah, if you hadn't didn't listen to our, I think it was like our first podcast, yeah, for, we for talked about... about yeah. Um, that how our bodies were designed to live forever and how there was no sin in the world there was no death in the world so if you're a believer that is something we talk about so, so potentially yeah we maybe weren't designed to eat meat initially
0: well it wasn't until after the great flood of Genesis 6 that God allowed man and beast to start to eat meat Genesis 9 3 the Lord says every moving thing that lives shall be food for you as I gave you the green plants I now give you everything so some of today's healthiest known foods were part of the original biblical diet. These foods included olives, olive oil, pomegranates, grapes, goat milk, raw honey, lamb, bitter herbs. Scripture also contains a few accounts of people eating highly unusual and supernatural foods. But there is, there's a complete grocery list of things in the Bible, which I find very interesting. Things like spices, fruits, vegetables, seeds, grains, fish, fowl, meats, drinks, many other strange foods of the Bible.
1: And I don't know how strange, but... yeah. I, I like i'm I like all kinds of strange foods, I guess, but there's no glyphosate, just saying that's all right. there was no glyphosate. <laughs> Let's talk
0: just for a little bit about that grocery list. The spices and herbs consumed as food in the Bible were used to flavor bread, which we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about bread spoiler alert. cakes, meats, soups, stews, and they were given as digestive aids. Explain that to me like what? how is a spice or an herb a digestive aid?
1: Uh, Well, some herbs help are what we call prebiotics, where they're like food for the good bacteria in our gut. And some help to dispel or kill the bad bacteria. For example, garlic would be one that It's friendly to your good gut flora, yet it kills, it's very effective at killing bad bacteria.
0: So like when I go to Meijer to buy herbs to flavor things, is it better that I buy the fresh ones that are being sprayed with water or is it better to buy the ones that are in little plastic packages?
1: I always think that the fresh ones are going to be better. That doesn't mean that the dried ones aren't good. They still have a lot of really good properties. Again, going back to garlic, garlic, the really good antibacterial properties of garlic are found for the first five minutes after you crush it uh, or chew it. And then those kind of wane as as it's dried. So garlic still has a lot of really fantastic benefits, even as a dried spice. So, so
0: when we're sick at our house, or we start to see symptoms of being sick, or we know someone from our family that has gotten sick, one of the things we do is we eat raw garlic. We like put it in water and we'll just shoot shots. it. Yeah.
1: I've seen the song too, shots, shots, shots. <laughs> And we crush garlic and put it in a little water and like down the hatch.
0: So spices and herbs are good digestive aids, but they can also benefit us and and help us when we're not feeling well. All right. So vegetables. Vegetables obviously are packed with nutrients, fiber, and protein. And the people the Bible ate a lot of vegetables. In Babylon, Daniel and his friends observed a diet of only vegetables. Vegetables are such a great source and beneficial to us from a health perspective. Yeah. Like carrots. Is it true that if I eat carrots, that helps my eyesight? Is that really true? Well, it has
1: beta carotene or vitamin A and things that are healthy for your sight. So yeah, anything orangey in color has typically has that nutrient.
0: And then we got grains, healthy grains. What's the difference between a healthy grain versus an unhealthy grain, Jen?
1: Well, I think right now uh, we already talked about the chemicals that are sprayed, that are sprayed on wheat too, unfortunately, so that they can harvest wheat so we'll probably talk more about that next week but jesus ate a lot of barley the richer people ate wheat in the bible we'll probably talk about that next week i don't want to spoil that so. that's right. <laughs> but
0: grains are some of the easiest natural foods to keep preserved for years so throughout the bible bread is a symbol of god's life-sustaining provision for us yeah.
1: so you could if you're trying to avoid like the chemical you could always just buy organic and get you know like uh, organic oats or barley or quinoa those kinds of things.
0: So yeah. when Jesus was calling his first disciples, uh, he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and there were three fishermen there, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus said to them, come follow me. So they were fishing. This is another staple of food in the Bible. However, only certain fish and other seafood were sustainable for eating. Edible seafood had to have fins and scales. Shellfish was completely prohibited.
1: We know those are bottom feeders. So again, if we're talking about indulging, I do like to eat some shellfish sometimes, yeah, but yeah, like, just yeah. with the knowledge, oysters that are great. It's probably going to be like in that twenty percent. I like mussels, whereas a really good wild caught Alaskan salmon. Or tuna, those will be in your eighty percent as long as they're not having too much mercury in them.
0: Yeah. So they're they're high in protein, they're they're right. high in healthy omega fatty acids.
1: My favorite omega three fatty acids.
0: Yep, you know, which can also help reduce inflammation in our bodies, lower our blood pressure, and provide many other health benefits. But you gotta look for wild caught.
1: I, I am not a fan of farm raised. I think that's from everything I've read, it's pretty toxic with all the, the it's a toxic suit. It's not so, something you want to sell yourself for.
0: <laughs> and then birds. Birds were considered clean and suitable for eating in the Bible. Partridge, pigeon, quail, doves.
1: How about chicken? I don't see that on the list.
0: I, I don't know. I don't Good. know about chicken.
1: I like chicken.
0: We eat a lot of chicken in our house. So the Bible distinguishes between clean and unclean animals. According to the book of Leviticus, clean meats are those from animals that have cloven hoof, that chew what the that cud. Means? I love that, chew <laughs> the cud. Uh, Jewish dietary laws taught God's people not to eat the blood of animals or any meat that had been sacrificed to idols. These foods were considered unclean. So clean animal meats of the Bible were calf, goat lamb oxen sheep and venison we i didn't get a deer this year so we don't we don't have any venison in our our freezer
1: so i guess the main one like that we eat now that's not on the list is pork
0: oh we don't eat a lot of pork we
1: don't but i do like bacon occasionally again maybe it's in the 20 percent, and maybe there are reasons why it's not on the list
0: so along with bread fish meat olives grapes and other fruits and vegetables also, dairy products were an important food in the Bible. Fresh, raw products from grass-fed cows, sheep, and goats constituted the dairy portion of a biblical diet.
1: I feel like they probably ate a lot more like goat. They had more goats and sheep than they do than they did cows. Um, I mean, if, you see, a, you, if were... you see
0: a manger scene, I don't know how real these scenes are, but <laughs> there's usually a cow yeah. there. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so I'm sure. But like you said, to your point, raw and grass-fed. So... The corn issue. A lot of cows are corn fed now, so their meat is higher in fat content because, as we said, corn is a grain, uh, whereas grass is higher in omega 3. It makes the meat and dairy higher in omega 3 fatty acid. And cows often are not gra- grass fed unless you are being intentional about buying it that way. Raw dairy is like not even legal. Like we own a portion of a cow so that we are able to access. Uh, we get a half a gallon of raw milk every week. That's not real accessible to people. So you're going to have to limit your dairy and having it be raw helps you digest it better. So I kind of went down that rabbit hole with the raw dairy. The kids were young and I had some extra breast milk and I was like, I'm going to donate this. And I started looking into it and they actually, and I don't know about if if it's a thing now donating breast milk. I think it is. But back then they were like, well, we wanted to pasteurize it for you to be able to donate it. And once you pasteurize it, it's no better than uh, formula. So I was like, huh, that got my wheels turning in my brain. And I thought, I wonder if that's true about, you know, cow milk too. If, if you pasteurize it, is, is it not as health, healthy? And that turned out to be the case where when you heat it up, it kills a lot of the enzymes that are in there. Right, but um, the reason they
0: heated it up was because they were worried about contamination. Correct. Like fecal contamination, yeah, which you don't want, things. obviously. But if you've ever been to a dairy farm, you'll see that the places where those cows are milked is very sterile, very clean.
1: Yeah, so the milk they use machines now, and it goes directly into a container. So the the opportunity for fecal contamination is pretty low. Like in all the years we've done it, we've never had any issues. So I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but like we've never had any issues with it. So
0: so many of these foods of the Bible grape juice, raw honey, olive oil, vinegar, wine, eggs, they're all disease-fighting, energy-boosting nutrients, uh, actually allergy defense builders. For instance, raw honey, it's my understanding that if I eat honey that's local, it's it will help with my allergies, which I have in the spring. I always have allergies in the spring and, and eating local raw honey helps me combat those allergies. Yeah. Supposedly. So
1: yeah, the, we get our honey from the same person we get our eggs from. So the yeah, the bees are kind of pollinating around lo- the flowers and whatever's growing in your area. So it helps your body acclimate to those things that are around you every day in your daily life.
0: And uh, this isn't necessarily a, an advertisement for buying local, but honestly, like if oh. you can visit your local farmer's market, I and get stuff from there. Local. <laughs> heck yeah. I mean, most of the, most of the products we use at our coffee shops all come from the state of michigan which people find really cool so
1: well we are fortunate to have a lot of um, dairy farms around here and then like i said i we get our eggs from someone local and i always find it awesome that our how we like bright yellow our egg yolks are, are not i mean like orange actually compared to like the light yellow color of like a typical store-bought egg i just that tells me there's a lot more nutrients in this like i said things that are orangey have a lot more beta carotene or and there's some more omega 3 cuz i know they're on grass
0: it's also interesting the the eggs that we get are different colors like
1: oh, you one mean will the be shells. brown
0: yeah the shells one will be brown there's one that's even like a teal kind of color then there's, some of them are white they're so pretty but when I go to the store to buy eggs, if I'm buying organic eggs at the store, they're all brown. But if I go to buy just any other egg, it's white. What's I know, going we're,
1: on? We're getting played. Like they just—it's just the just breed of chicken, I believe, that makes the... So and they're not I don't,
0: bleaching or I eggs. don't know
1: if they would bleach them. Okay, well. That. Um. But a, I, people think that it's cleaner. Maybe I don't know if people have noticed I'm over that. Like I don't have any. I don't have any idea that like something that's that is white is better for you. It's not like we know white bread is devoid of you know all the b vitamins and maybe they're maybe they are trying to trick you and it, with the organic being brown like it's like whole you know like a whole grain bread is more brown color i don't know it has that has nothing to do with that that's my understanding it's just the breed of chickens if, if i'm wrong about that i don't raise chickens so i don't know that the color of the shell matters to the nutrient side but um what you know about bread rich so Speaking next week next we're gonna week. talk
0: about bread. So here's what I know about bread. I know Oprah loves bread. Jesus called himself the bread of life. And when my friend Bob makes bread, it's absolutely delicious. And I also mm-hmm. know that Wonder Bread is bad for you.
1: Just <laughs> we'll white talk bread. more about that yeah. next week. Yeah. So yeah, just in closing, I would say if what I have found to be true in life is the the closer we can live toward the way things were meant to be done. In nature, the way God intended them, if you will, the more likely we are to be healthy. We find we learn new things all the time, and the more I learn about about food and the human body, the dumber I feel, honestly, because there's the the littlest things that we don't think would matter do matter. So, with that said,
0: it's time to give something away. Yeah, we're gonna give, give something away. away here. A- what are we giving away?
1: We're giving away that book that I talked about last week in the breathe podcast by belissa bronich so what's the title it's of called the, breathe
0: okay
1: <laughs> or breath or
0: i don't know so we're gonna just draw a random name from our instagram followers I'm
1: drawing you a know. name out of my lululemon hat that my so kids
0: here's the first official winner of the right, prize from sold for soup who do you got there
1: lisa henning
0: hey Yay, i know her lisa. congratulations lisa <laughs>
1: so yeah if you follow us on if you follow us on instagram your name's gonna go in the hat and then you could win whatever we're giving away the next week so get jump on instagram and give us a follow
0: so we're, we're gonna start doing a new I guess a little new segment to each week it's basically just what was your favorite thing about last week so i prepared for this so i'll go first My favorite thing about last week, Jen, was when you and I got to go to the Breslin Center and watch Michigan State kick Indiana's butt in basketball. A little date night. You and I went to a ball game. It was super late at night, but you you stayed awake for most of it. (laughs) Yeah, I stayed.
1: I did almost fall asleep. My body is like it's a shut off time now what was your my favorite thing favorite, about last week? honestly like because i told you i love food so this is kind of embarrassing but my favorite thing was last week we made fajitas at home and we used like really good steak and chicken and shrimp we, and did, we used
0: filet in our fajitas
1: so good yeah
0: they were delicious it was
1: so good y'all so if food if it's okay food was my favorite thing but it was like we ate as a family and we all enjoyed it thoroughly
0: so follow us on social media. Sold for Soup on Instagram. Sold for Soup on Twitter. Our website is soldforsoup.com. And Jen is working on. I our am
1: Twitter. working on the um, TikTok.
0: A oh, TikTok, I mean. I,
1: it is sold with the number four soup sold for soup uh, on TikTok, but i i'm having trouble getting stuff to upload so shut my phone off i did all the things i don't know if you have tips shoot us a dm
0: so so if you have any questions or ever want to just reach out to us you can um hit up one of those socials and and we'll try to answer any questions that you have but in the meantime go eat something that's healthy and beneficial to your health
1: let's go peace out <laughs> We go in